THT.TV studios behind the mask hockey shop present college hockey west live behind the masks college hockey west live is brought to you by jesse ray's barbecue at 308 north boulder highway in henderson stop in for lunch cater your next event or just buy a couple of bottles of our award-winning sauces the nchc and nchc.tv subscribe to nchc.tv to watch the best in college hockey since 2013 Tag Creative Group. Search T-G-R-A-N-R-U-D at redbubble.com and let us create a unique design for you or your business. Behind the Mask Hockey Shops. Visit any of our Three Valley locations or go to BehindTheMask.com whether you're on ice or in line. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos where an iconic vacation awaits you at any of our destinations around the world. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly locations in Tempe and Pine Top, order online at thespaghettishack.com. Liberty University, play for something more. Faith, education, and hockey, EDU. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. Jets Pizza, sign up for our Crunch Club at jetspizza.com and have special deals delivered straight to your inbox. And by the Caesars Sportsbook app, a proud partner of the NHL. College Hockey West Live from the nchc.tv studios presented by Behind the Mask as a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right. Welcome in, hockey fans. Anywhere that may be listening to us tonight on this beautiful Sunday night, Scott Strandy with you tonight in uh, beautiful Carlsbad, California, where the weather's going to change. <laughs> We've been spoiled now for a couple of weeks, but... Uh, rain is moving in, I understand, this week, and uh, it does rain in Southern California, I'm told. Where it doesn't rain, though, and it's always gumdrops, rainbows, sunshine, is at the Palatial Estate on Long Island, New York, where my co-host resides. Paul Hornstein, how are you tonight? You have another co-host? <laughs> no, no, just you. Because I don't know what you're talking about, living at a Palatial Estate. And now you <laughs> well, got Sunday... And now you got one of our listeners, Sun Devil Don. He's like, well, <laughs> I, I I didn't know it was like that at the Palatial Estate. I'm like, stop. No, stop. Everybody That's will be all li- over that. Because the Palatial I, I Estate. I just, no, we don't need this. On Long Island, New York, everybody wants to see it. The team travel through there uh, and play at LA. Probably Vermont. Vermont probably wanted to come by and take a look today. Well, when they find one, let me know because I'll hang out with them. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's a, it's a Sunday night, uh, the week before <sighs> Christmas, essentially. And um, things are starting to uh, wind down, if you will, for about a 10-day period right. for college hockey. Uh, not the World Juniors, we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, a couple of series were played today, wrapped up today. Vermont at uh, Long Island. And yeah. uh, the Arizona State Sun Devils completed a road sweep at uh, Robert Morris. Now, I know, and everybody's going to look at it and go, yeah, it's uh, you know number 16 or whatever versus 63. I get it. should be a road sweep. No, it's little steps. When you're a new program, it's little steps about getting out there and, and completing things. And I don't care who the opponent is in college hockey. Uh, every one of them is a difficult task. And earning a sweep on the road was pretty impressive. Well, uh, I don't even know how to respond to your comments here. Because my text messages say something a little different. (laughs) Who do you get text messages from? Somebody text you? Well, if people saw all the WTF uh, text messages I was getting... (laughs) Uh, I only want the best. I only want the best for every team in our coverage area. I want them to all be tournament teams, and we know that it's not going to happen. But um, yeah, but you can't be. But you can't be up five. And I, I want to see this Arizona State team going to stay on again. They have the fifth deepest roster in college hockey, bar none. They're top five. They may have moved up. But currently, I believe they are still top five. 
in all college hockey. And that tells me that if you're that good and you're championship caliber, uh, independent or not, you need to go out and beat the teams that you should beat. And you should beat a team that's just coming back after a two-year hiatus. And you should beat a team that's number 63 in the country. Um, and you should beat a team when you're coming in with 11 wins and they don't. So um, that's that's my thought on yeah, that. Yeah, but you can't be up five. If you're breathing, you're uh, on mute. So you might want to I'm really not. <laughs> You, you, <laughs> oh, I think I can see Paul Ornstein bleeding, but you, muted. you, you can't. <laughs> I don't know what you, but you've done something to yourself because, uh, you are really, muted, my friend. Because I, because um, I have the mic on, anyway, well, he tries to uh, unmute himself so he Is can get the conversation again. Um, Hello? Arizona State was impressive, they uh found a way to uh to get two wins on the road today. Um, an impressive. 8-3 victory? I wish Paul could talk to me. Cause... Yeah, I don't understand it. Hello? <laughs> I feel like I'm just talking to the space Hello? here. Maybe I am. Um, anyway, uh, it was an impressive weekend for, for Arizona State. And uh, today was a day of milestones, mountain of milestones, I might add. And um, when Paul comes back, <laughs> he, he's going to leave and come back. <laughs> Good deal. Let's see. Are you there now? You're connected. <laughs> oh, folks, uh, you love the challenges of uh, <laughs> of doing things on the fly. Let me see if he's back. What about uh, now? Uh, yeah. Paul, are you there? <laughs> I am. Yeah, talking. Check all of your your items because you're on right? with us. It's... Uh, it's something on your end. Either one of you mute on your mic or your your phone or your uh, mixer is off because you're connected. Anyway. What about now? People are starting to uh, to tweet me and go, um, eh, no, never knew Paul can be so cold. Yeah, neither did I. <laughs> anyway. What about now? Now he's back on mute again. So we'll, yeah, but you <laughs> we'll see... play this silly game for a little while. Anyway, the Arizona State Sun Devils managed to uh, – Take care of Robert Morris. We know the connection between Coach Greg Powers and Coach uh, Derek Schooley, uh, very close, and the two, um, you know, respect each other on and off the ice immensely. So I'm sure it was a difficult time uh, this weekend for that to to take place where the battle was done. But um, Paul, I that? don't know. You tell me. Where do you go? <laughs> You tell uh, me, am I here? He's, he says he's connected, yeah. but I, I don't hear him. <laughs> the mic is on. Oh, can you hear me? <laughs> I don't know, folks. I don't know where he went. Um, anyway, uh, the Sun Devils performed very, very well today and got, uh, as I said, milestone performances from a number of people um, let's start with Lucas Sillinger playing his 100th game. Um, let's talk about, I'm sorry, accumulating his 100th point. Um, what about now? Let's see, who else do we have here? Give me a second, folks, while I dig this up because there's, there's some really good things here. Hello. Okay. Um, Tyler, the captain, Tyler Groton, uh, tallied his first career hat trick. Alternate captain Luke Stillinger issued a five-point night to reach 100 career points in NCAA hockey. The road sweep, ASU's first since 2021-22. The ASU managed 56 shots on goal for a single-game program record. Um, the previous record is 53 shots, so they blew past that. Stillinger's five-point night with one goal and four assists. Um, Closely followed by defenseman Tim Lovell, who tallied four assists, Tyler Gratton, three goals, Anthony Dowd, two goals and one assist, and Matthew Koprud, a goal and two assists, all finished tonight with three points apiece. Uh, Koprud notched the game-winning goal on Sunday night to keep the country's lead on uh, with six on the season. Um, 
And let's see, um, Copper's nine power play goals also leads all uh, skaters in NCAA hockey. So, really, a milestone night. Thanks to uh, Paige Shacklett for getting that out. Uh, so we would have that tonight for the show, and uh, pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. If I just, I have to myself. ask you something. Um, I don't know what I'm Paul here. is or what, thing, but uh, he obviously we can't hear him. So I'm going to see if he wants to give me a call, Paul. If you want to give me a call, I'll put you on freeway or on speaker, and um, we can continue the conversation. Anyway, Arizona State does walk away with a sweep. It wasn't quite as easy Friday night when Paul calls in. I think I got him. Hold on. All right. Do I have you, Mr. Hornstein? Paul, Paul, do I have you on the phone? <laughs> Folks, this is bizarre. I have no idea uh, what's going on. I don't have him on the phone either. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, let me try calling him, folks, and see if I can reach him. Um, I have no idea what's going on. Paul, can I can I assist you in joining the show? Well, I don't know why you want me to do that. <laughs> uh, all right, I've got you on the phone, and um, I just uh, I don't know if you heard anything that I said, but I talked a little bit about the milestone night. It was okay. I just couldn't hear you. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty much what it comes down to. By the way, okay, I'll say it. I'll say it again. Just tell me. Here, um, you expect him to be up five nothing two minutes into the game. No, I just didn't expect him to be down two nothing in, in the first period. I didn't expect that. Well, I'm sure nobody did. <laughs> I know, and they rebounded nicely. Um, so I kind of recapped what happened on Saturday night. Friday night was, or I'm sorry, this afternoon, Saturday night. Was a much different game, wasn't it? Well, first of all, you had to win Friday night, uh, Saturday night. Excuse me, I'm not used to the Saturday Sunday night. Right. Yep. And and you know they took advantage this weekend on the power play. Although, had they been even better on Saturday night, they would have. They would have put the game away much earlier. They had a five-on-three goal and a five-on-four goal in the second period on, on Saturday night's game. And it did get 43 shots. It's not like um, it's, it's not like they didn't have the shot attempts. Um, it, it, it did sound to me or did seem to me that uh, maybe they were trying to get a little too fancy after they got up two nothing. No, um, you don't say. Which, which, I know, I know, it never happens. <laughs> uh, with, with the, with, you know, when they got up two nothing, but uh, they did what they had to do. Um, you know, they they needed to go out there and. and you can't sweep until you win the first game. I've been told. And you know they were they, they, they did kill four penalties, so they were plus two on the special teams. Right. Um, I think Lucas Soldier likes playing Robert Morris. I'd have to go see if he <laughs> ever played him as a freshman um, in Bemidji. Uh, he had two assists last night on, on Saturday night on the power play. Right. Um, again, I think the, the, the you know, uh, I'm sitting here and, and, and it, 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 it seems like the fourth line gets him going. Now, I don't know if, if uh, Greg Powers is. Wants to be like the Islander coaches and plays 
the fourth line to start the game. I don't know, maybe he might you want to consider that. Um, but again, they did get 43 shots. They, you know, um, it was 29 to 15 after the first two periods on, on Saturday. And, you know, Robert Morris pulled up the goalie so that they get a few shots because they're up there. You know, that's almost like a power play. So, you know, you, you have to account for a few shots there. But even with that, ASU still outshot Robert Morris 43 to 26, including 14 to 11 in the third period, when the other team plays a little more desperation. Right? They did score 20 seconds into the third period. So, you know, it was a two to one game until about midway through that third period when Jackson Niedemeyer made it 3 to 1. And, you know, coaches pull the goalie early now when they're down two goals. You know, Ty Murchison got his empty net goal with two minutes to go in the third period. Yeah, good point. So, you know, uh, Derek Schooley pulled the goalie early. Um, and that game seemed a little bit more matter-of-fact than tonight's game. Uh like I said, I was just getting WTF text messages. From who? Early on. Oh, I'm not going to say who. But oh, okay. Keep your sources uh, quiet. Well, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus either. So. <laughs> I've been under the bus many times. <laughs> but, you know, I, I can't deny being frustrated when they give up two power play goals. That's the only way Robert Morris can beat you. But you decided you were going to spend the game in the penalty box. And even with all of those penalties, and there were three of them by ASU in the first period, uh, they outshot Robert Morris 11 to 9. Now, the shots were, were not a lot of high danger shots. But. get that big goal with eight seconds left to go in the third in the, in the period by Anthony Dowd um, and like alright well, well let's see what happens and you feel a little bit better when you get one back at the end of the period a period that saw you go down to nothing um, and she responds uh, they get a you know, they they basically came out and spent the first seven or eight minutes of the second period in the Robert Morris end. Got some penalties. And got some power plays. Tyler Bratton uh, showing what happens when you crash the net on a power play and not look for the perfect shot. It's a couple of power play goals. His ninth and tenth of the season, by the way. Goals you're talking about, not power play yes. goals. But... Yes, regular goals in total, not necessarily yeah. just power play goals. Yeah. He's not a one-trick ball. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, you know, yes, uh, Robert Morris makes it four to two. You know, like, all right, what are we going to do here? You know, is this going to be another one of those games where they blow a three goal lead or a two goal lead or you know what, whatever? Because at this point now it's it's three three. And you're like, what? What the heck's going on here? And then Asia gets another power play. Copper gets his eleventh of the season. Power play or uh, total? Power, well, his 11th regular. Well, whatever it is, whether it's power play or total, <laughs> we can look at the numbers if we'd like to. Uh, I think he's got nine power play goals. And, and 11 total. Okay, well, well, he's right, number one in the country you know, in game winning goals and power play goals. Uh, game winning goals is, in hockey is a stupid stat. <laughs> well, I'm sure he's going to be happy to hear you say that. <laughs> oh, I, I don't. 
doesn't matter to him. If you if you win a game nine two, and you score the third goal, you're quote unquote genuine credit for the game winning goal. Well, absolutely, you won the game. Stop! <laughs> well, doesn't the, the the guy who scores the goal that that puts him over the top? Doesn't that make them the game winning goal? If you were winning eight to nothing, and the other team gets a couple of goals, and now all of a sudden the game winning goal, that's not that's not putting anybody over the top. <laughs> okay. That's dumb. <laughs> okay. That's why base. That's why baseball stopped that quote unquote game winning RBI nonsense years <laughs> ago. Okay. By the way, Grant has six power play goals. Okay, so he's he's gaining on the nation's leader. Yes. Okay. Yes, he is. All right, just checking. Just checking. Yeah. I, I thought um, I thought Tyler Grattan stepping up just shows the leadership that he commands wearing the C. He realized, I'm sure, the importance. I don't know. I'm sure something was said in the locker room between the first and second oh, period. I'm sure it was. To light a fire. But, but it, there's one thing to hearing it, and there's another thing to hearing it and then reacting to it and doing something about it. And clearly, Tyler Gratton, with a hat trick in the second period, um, did something about it. Oh, I listen. I don't know what was said in between first and second period, but I hope somebody bottled it and can use it the rest of the season. Because, like I said, Paul, they're going to need that every game the rest of the season. I know that. That's my point. <laughs> let me uh, um, finish up your thought, and then let me tell the listeners exactly um, how disgusting this uh, pairwise in the middle of the season is because it's putrid. It makes you want to puke. It really does. Go ahead. Finish your thoughts. Again, you know, so I had a relatively 27 shots in the second period. 27? Yeah. That's what Robert Moore shot for the game. Yeah, I know. That was an impressive period. The fire was lit. You know, um, and everyone's going to talk about the hat trick from Tyler Gratt. And everyone's going to talk about um, the game winning goal. Power play goal. What? And everybody's going to talk about the game winning goal. And, um, you know, how about the fact that Lucas Sillinger had five points? Yeah, impressive. Impressive. Um, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. Um, I haven't seen it officially, but they said it on, on, on the broadcast that eight goals is the record for the uh, – ties the record for the most goals scored in the game. Um, I don't know. And I don't recall anybody else. That's the record. It would be really hard to imagine somebody had more points in a game than Lucas Sillinger. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree. I think that'll probably wear out to be able to uh, prove that point. Um, um, and, he's got, and he's got 26 points for the season, by the way. Yeah. And, and he's, he's not playing. He hasn't played the last four or five games with his with his linemates yeah. in Jacksonville. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Playing without uh, his his starting um, linemates. So, okay. We'll get to uh, what happened between Vermont and Long Island in just a minute. But before we leave this Arizona State situation, this is how ridiculous the pairwise is. And again, everybody now is being taught that the pairwise is how you get into the NCAA tournament because it is. Now, the, the problem that I have with it is, let me, let me read you uh, some records here from the top, I don't know, 10 teams. Boston University is number one with 11-4-1. Quinnipiac, number two at 12-4-1. Maine, number three at 10-3-1. Boston College, number four at 13-3-1. North Dakota, uh, fifth at 12-5-1. Wisconsin, 14-4-0. Number six. Number seven is Michigan State, 12-4-2. Number eight is Denver at 12-5-1. Number nine is UMass at 11-4-1. That's the top nine teams. Now, 
Let me tell you where number 12 is. That would be Western Michigan at 11, 4 and 1. Now, let me tell you where the second team in the country with the most wins in the country is. At number 16, sit the Arizona State Sun Devils, 13, 3 and 4. What I'd like to know, Paul Hornstein, is if you have tied for the fewest losses and you are one win short of the top team in the in the college hockey conference or whatever in college hockey how about that um you you are 16 but the per the team that's got 14 wins the only team with more wins than you is six what's wrong with this picture why is there 10 spaces between the two Explain it. I, I want somebody to explain it to me. And don't go give uh, me this stuff about, uh, oh, well, they're playing against the opponents and their opponents are doing BS. Colorado College just knocked off um, the number one team in the country in North Dakota. Arizona State I beat College on the road. And now you're going to tell me that uh, they don't deserve to be as I mean, come on. This is why... This is why people that are looking at the game of hockey um, finish. As I've heard from them, uh, it's like, how can a team have 13, 3, and 4 record and be 16 in the country when a team with a 9, 5, and 2 record, who, by the way, nothing against Providence, but they split with Arizona State? Um, they're, they're 10th. They have nine wins. So they've got four fewer wins and two more losses than Arizona State, and yet Arizona State is six spots behind them in the pairwise. How about the team that's number 15? That'd be the Michigan Wolverines. They have eight wins. They have five fewer wins and four more losses, and they're one spot ahead of Arizona State. How about uh, St. Cloud, nine, five, and two? We can do the math. Uh, how about Minnesota, 9-5-4? and four. How about New Hampshire, 8-4-1? and one. Come on, people. you got to figure out a better system, and you got to reward wins, because the last time I watched and, and, and participated in a sport, you, you didn't get bonus points for losing to somebody. You got bonus points for winning. Do you need me to say it? You play to win the game. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Explain this don't, to me. Don't go there. Explain this to me because I don't understand how Arizona State is not at least a top 10 team at this point in the season. I'm not saying they're going to be there at the end of the season. I'm not saying they're going to win a national championship. I'm just telling you that on December 17th, if you have a 13-3-4 and four record, you can't be 16 in the country. You can't because there's only one team that's got more wins than you, and you have fewer losses than every team in the country. In the country, there are teams that have three losses as well. But I mean, th- this is so lopsided; it's a joke. It really is. And if you, you know, it, I don't know. I'm so tired of hearing about this. Oh, the conferences are so strong. That's the difference. No, it's not. It's about playing the games. You play the game. If you win, you should go up. If you lose, you should go down. The parity across college hockey has never been as good as it is right now. And to see this happening is enough to make you want to puke. It really is. And we both know this. If Arizona State should happen to lose two more games the rest of the year, and you told me so aptly today that uh, last night was the midway point for them, if they should happen to win two more games, the way the system is set up, if they lose two more games the rest of the year, do the math for me. Tell me what that would be. What would their win? How many wins would they have if they lose two more? I think they'd have thirty. Uh, well, I think they'd have thirty. Well, they'd be close. If they only have eighteen games left. If they only lost two more. They'd have twenty-nine wins. And if they lose. If they lose two more games, I think we both agree their season is over as far as making the tournament. I can 
considering the razor-thin margin they're at, it, I, I hate not being able to argue with you. <laughs> I hate not having you on the podcast and having you on the phone. But anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, so um, I, I just, let me give you one more scenario. You tell me. I'm going to read you some names of teams, and you tell me whether you think they shouldn't be in the uh, – 16 teams that make the NCAA tournament. Boston University, yes, no. Obviously. They're in, right? Yeah. Quinnipiac. Yes. Maine. <sighs> 10, 3, and 1. At this point, at this point I'd say yes. Okay. Boston College. Again, yes. North Dakota. Yes. Wisconsin? Uh, again, at this point? <laughs> what do you mean at this yes. point? It's 14-4-0. How much more do you want them to do? I know, I know. Uh, Michigan, no, I, I, Michigan I, State? I said yes. Okay, Michigan State, 12-4-2. Yes. Denver, 12-5-1. Yes. Yes. UMass, 11-4-1. Yes. Okay, here it gets dicey. Providence is 9-5-2. Do they deserve to be in the tournament? Yes. New Hampshire is 8-4-1. Do they deserve to be in the tournament? Yes. Western Michigan is 11-4-1. Do they deserve to be in the tournament? 11-4-1. 11-4-1, I'd have to say yes. Talk to me in a few weeks. Um, Minnesota, 9-5-4. Do they deserve to be in the tournament? Can I claim bias this year? <laughs> no. No? No. Uh, uh, dep- uh, again, now you're talking about it depends. Minnesota. Minnesota, 9-5-4. and four. In the tournament or not? Maybe. <laughs> what part of yes and no don't you understand? Okay. <laughs> I'll play your uh, I'll play your silly uh, game. I, I I'll give you. I, I would say I would say no. Okay. Okay. So let's say no. Saint Saint no. Cloud nine five and two. They in and out. People are gonna hate me for this, but I'm not putting in the ethic gophers. Oh, I'm sorry that I sorry. <laughs> um. Um. If I'm not putting in that other Maroon goal team, I can't put this uh, St. Cloud in. Okay. Michigan, 8, 7, and 3. Are they in? Can't put them in either. Okay. Arizona State, 13, 3, and 4. Are they in? Um, yeah, I guess so. It would have to be, yeah. Okay. RIT, 11, 5, and 0. Yes. Uh, Alaska Fairbanks, 9, 6, and 1. I don't know. I mean, you're only three games over 500. I, 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 again, you're back on that borderline um, with the other Maroon and Gold team. Hello. You're back on the borderline with St. Cloud. How about Michigan? They're only one game over. Well, they should be in over Michigan. Okay. Penn State, 9, 7, and 3. Are they in? No. No. Notre Dame at 8, 8, and 2. Are they in? Cornell, 6-4-1. and one. Are they in? No. Omaha, 9-5-2. and two. Are they in? Uh, they would be in that group with the other Maroon and Gold team, St. Cloud. Okay, got two left. Got two Alaska. left. Colorado College, 9-6-1. and one. Again, same group. Uh, AIC, 11-8-0. They would be the bubble teams. Okay. That group, AIC, C-State, Omaha, uh, Cornell-ish, maybe, um, Fairbanks, St. Cloud, the other Maroon and Gold team, those, uh, those teams would be bubble teams. Okay, so what you just told me is there would be 12 teams um, right now that would be in the tournament, the top 12 teams. Arizona State would be 13 in what you've given me. So... Okay. If that happened right now, they'd be 13. If they ended the season in the 13 spot before the playoffs, 
and the opportunity for auto bids and upsets, are they going to get in the 16-team field sitting at 13? I would say yes. Okay. I would say very nerve-wracking because I think there was a team that well, was right about there. But I think, but here's what I'm saying. It shouldn't be always nerve-wracking because if you have the second most wins in the country and tied for the fewest losses in the country, you should not be sweating out losing a game here or there on whether you're going to make the tournament. If you have a 29, 28, 27, even 26-win season, you should not be sweating on whether you're going to make the tournament or not. But I don't see how you're going to climb in the basic run of the pairwise right now. I don't see how you're going to climb over enough teams to secure yourself. And even, I mean, a 12, I think we agree that 12 is probably the magic number. That's where you've got to be at the end of the year to make sure that you claim a spot. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I honestly can't tell you right now if, they're, if they can get that high. Exactly. Because if, you, exactly. Because if you're at 12, by the way, you're almost at 11 too, according to the numbers right now. Right, but... Because New Hampshire at 11 is point zero 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 three ahead of Western Michigan. Okay, but, but let me... Let me explain this one to you. What if St. Cloud, and we talked about how difficult their schedule is coming out of the break and starting the new year. What if they go on a run? What if they win five out of six? Good for them, then. Uh, I mean, they move up, right? They, of course they're going to move up. Okay. Denver, North Dakota. Okay. What if Minnesota comes out on a hot streak and wins six out of uh, seven out of eight? Well, then that would make them 16 and 6. Right. That going to be good enough at that point? I don't know. What about Michigan? What about Michigan? What if they go on an eight-game win streak, 16, 7, and 3? I don't know. I'm not a a Can I answer that for you? Can I answer that for you? Because I do know. If If those three teams, Minnesota, St. Cloud, Michigan, go on any kind of run with what their perceived schedule opponent quality of opponent is in their perceived schedule, they, they will take all the spots and you have to assume that Western's not losing their place. Providence isn't going to lose their place. UMass, I'm just telling you the top 10 or 11 teams right now are not going to fall beyond the tournament range. Let's put it this way. Um, I would hate for that to be the case, obviously, because I'm biased, but I wonder if something like that would, would force people to be like, hey, we have to get more than 16 teams at the time. we got to figure this out. Well, I think this is going to be the start of it. I think this is going to be the year that does that because I think people are going to look at it and go like, hey, listen, um, this is – you know, this is BS. And I think if Arizona State goes to Lake Placid and wins that tournament, wins two games, and they come into the start of 2024 boasting a uh, 15, and let's see, what would they be? 15, 3, and 4. And they're not in the top 10 of the country. There's something wrong. There's something wrong with this system. And I'm tired of hearing about well, strength of schedules. I'm tired of it. I don't want to hear about it. But everybody in that tournament, Paul, is behind them in the pairwise. No, they're not. Who's ahead of them? What are you talking First of all, UMass is ahead of them. It, and, but is UMass playing in, in, in New York at Lake Placid? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. okay. Okay. So UMass is ahead of them. Nobody else, though. Cornell is 21. Clarkson is 28. Okay. And and uh, currently, Arizona State is 16. So how is how is beating everybody but UMass going to help you go forward? Uh, uh, listen, I'm just, again, I'm not the mathematician. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I know. I'm just telling you. That, I mean, I'm, I'm just, what I'm telling you is those are not weak opponents. 
I'm telling you that. But uh, and, and, and if you're and, and um and I don't know again, here's something else. Uh, is Clarkson considered the home team, or is Cornell the home team? And do those games count as road games or neutral site games? I would assume neutral site. Games. I would guess they're all neutral sites. I don't think anyone plays out of that building. Well, yeah, but I don't know the the, the, the mileage between uh, Ithaca and Lake Placid. I think it's a few hundred miles. Yeah, no, but it, yeah, I think it's a neutral site tournament. I think it's right. neutral so for everybody. Mean, so does that mean uh, Desert Classic is a neutral site too, and that counts as not a neutral site? I don't see how that can because one of those teams plays out of that building on their regular season. I don't. I don't know. It's a tournament, though. Doesn't matter. Okay. It's in your building. I, I don't know. This is a obvious that, question. Because I, I know. Don't know. And that's my that's my thought is that that's uh, that's the way it'll go. But but my point of all of this was to to bring up the ridiculousness of the pairwise at this point in the year. Do I understand that everybody agreed on it? Yes. Do I understand that at the end they have to balance everything out through a computer? Yes. And two things I think you hit on that were extremely important is this finally should show people that you need more spots in the tournament. 20, 24, one of the two, it has to be. And it has to be soon or you're going to damage your game. Secondly is um, there's no reason to be putting these pairwise numbers out at this point. Let them play the season. When you get into the last month of the season, then let the computer spit it out. Because all you're doing right now is frustrating people. Frustrating fans, sponsors, corporate people, players, because they're looking at it going like, what do we have to do? What do we have to do? So that's, yeah, so that's what, I like that. I'll record that. Uh, <laughs> that I can agree with you. If you let me, well, you can't record anything if you're not letting me say it. Uh, <laughs> uh, on that, I would agree with you. Don't put it out. Exactly, but they are put, but they are putting it out. Wait till February first. Correct. Yep, I agree. And let everybody just play as hard as they can and win as many games as they can, and then see what the computer formula is. Because people right now are looking at it and they're going like, "Ah, oh, yeah, there's going to be five teams from the Big Ten. BS. There's no way that five teams from the Big Ten are going to get in the tournament. Not the way it's set up right now." Because if there is, there's a problem. Because I believe Wisconsin is going to win the Big Ten regular season, and I think they'll have a mark that will keep them in the tournament. I don't know who's going to win the, the, the playoff for the Big Ten. It could be anybody. And I get it, and they get the auto bid, but that's two spots. Whoever, if it's not Wisconsin that wins the Big Ten tournament, whoever wins it will be the second team. I don't see them getting more than one more. I say three. Because look at their records. Just look at their records. You cannot have, you know, well, we know that you have to be at least 500. And, and Michigan right now is a team that might not make the 500. They're there right now by one game. That's it. Oh, I, I know. Well, Penn State's only two games better than 500. Exactly. Um, Notre Dame is 500. Uh, the other maroon and gold team is four games over 500, but you know, there's still time. So, but what I'm saying is I I think when you look at this, you're going to have three probably max from the big 10 and that's not sit well with people who swear that the big 10 is the biggest, strongest, bulliest conference in all of college hockey. You have to win games and you can't lose games. And that's what's happening to everybody except well, Wisconsin. Well, listen, I mean, if you're going to tell me three teams from the Big Ten are going to get in, and that's it, i take that. <laughs> as, as an ASU guy, I would take that in a heartbeat. I know, but I'm just telling you. Um, I would take that in a heartbeat. I'm just telling you, when you look at it, that's kind of the way things play out. Okay, uh, let's take a quick break. Let's come back and talk about this uh, World Junior roster team usa that was announced today so we'll be right back i'll put you on my friend and we will get back to you 
time to drop the puck on the nation's next college hockey conference. We bring you closer to the action all season long with access to exclusive on-demand content and more than 140 locked games. Catch every big goal and clutch save when you can't be there. We have you covered here. Stream on your phone, computer, or straight to your TV and don't miss a moment from your favorite team. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's all nchc. Time mask, we know that players are always messing with their equipment. We constantly need to borrow, like take or need a new mouthpiece during the season. Point is that just because you were fully outfitted to start the season doesn't mean you're good for the year. Remember that you were always provided with all of the hockey accessories you need. Visit stores or behindthemask.com. Whether it's an extra mouth guard, wheels and bearings for your inline skates, or extra rolls of tape for your stick. At Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. Passion, talent, development. NCAA Hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Stevers. Indeed it is. Call Chalky West Live. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Carlsbad, California. My co-host is always joining me from that big, beautiful, palatial estate on the Long Island, New York. What a state. Paul, did you get reconnected what with What a state. Us? No, I guess not. I don't believe you did. What? All right. Let me dial him up on the phone, and we will continue the conversation on Team USA in just a minute or two. Anyway, the uh, Team USA was announced, the World Junior roster, and uh, some interesting names on that roster. Uh, some guys that got in uh, that, that maybe didn't figure to get in, maybe earned their way in. Since we don't have a whole lot of time, um, sure uh, we got to wrap it up. I'm pretty sure it's on mine. I don't know what end it's on. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what end is up. <laughs> Did I lose you again? I just lost him. Oh, my goodness, folks. Uh, my apologies. Uh, we had a connection issue. I'm going to go ahead and start by reading out the defensive quotes. Uh, see if I got Paul again. Hold on. All right, Paul, do I have you? 
Bob, will I have you? Eh, maybe. Who knows? Okay. Uh, I'm going to start with the defense and the goalies, and I'm going to let you tell everybody who the forwards are for the U.S. national team. So, uh, on defense, Steve Bouillon, Seamus Casey, Ryan Chesley, um, Drew Fortescue. Is that right? Fortescue? Uh, Lane Hudson, Adam, uh, Adam Minitation, uh, Eric Polkamp, and Sam Rinzel are the defensive uh, core that will travel to Gothenburg, Sweden. The goaltenders, no surprise. Goaltenders, no surprise here. Trey Augustine, Jacob Fowler, Sam Hillebrand. It, it appears to be Trey Augustine's net to uh, to lose, so to speak. But if you lose it to a guy like Jacob Fowler, um, not a bad second fiddle, correct, Paul? Yeah, I mean, listen, whoever they decide to go with, I, I, I'd be shocked if they didn't go with Augustine first. Not because of anything other than he's been in the program. Right. You know, um, again, you know, Jacob Fowler uh, is has had a very, very good first half of the season uh, for Boston College. You know, um, and and but he wasn't with the pro. He was he was in the USHL, so. I don't know, but I would think that Augustine gets a slight advantage because of that. Um, the the defenseman, no, there's. I don't think we weren't sure if uh, Johnny's brother Nikolovich would would make the team, and he obviously does not. Um, but you know, you're, you're sitting here and. Uh, we knew that there would be certain guys. I wasn't, I mean, I was actually kind of curious to see where Zeke William would fit in. Okay, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to say bias here because Zeke obviously is a good enough player to make this roster no, on his own. No, anybody that thinks that's nuts. Yeah, I know. But I'm just telling you, um, if your head coach is also the coach of this team and you're, you're on the fence or it's a tie, if he doesn't pick you, you're going to wonder. You're going to wonder. Because, and I'm saying that Zeev made this on his own merit. There's no doubt about that. But I'm just telling you, like, um, I wouldn't want to be in the locker room if if I, I didn't make a roster. But anyway, I'm just telling you. Um, I don't want to go down that road. I just wanted to throw that out there that I, I'm sure Zeev earned his spot. And he is a worthy choice. And I'm not saying that. Jake Livanovic shouldn't have been on this team, but who are you going to bump off this roster when you look at it? Who are you going to take well, off that defensive core? Yeah, well, sometimes Honestly. sometimes you can say there's a tie in the room and maybe it should go to the uh, older guy or whatever. But in this case, uh, who are you going to take off? Because uh, the ones that I listed, you're not taking uh, Seamus Casey. You're not taking uh, Ryan Chesley. You're not taking Lane Hudson. You know? So now you're you're down to uh, just a few guys, and you know it's it's nothing against Jake. He's played a really good this year, the first half of the year at North Dakota, and uh, it just was a numbers game, is what it came down to. Well, that's what most of this is going. To, that's what most of this came down to was a numbers game, right? Um, well, I mean, some guys some guys are, are hurt, or some guys just don't play well enough, or. Um, Whatever. There's a number of reasons that you cannot make a team. Right. Uh, but I think in his case, it was none of those. I think it was just strictly a defensive numbers game. Uh, they couldn't take everybody. Um, and and they just it, it just came down that way. Anyway, go through the forwards for us. We can all get a feel for who the forwards are on this roster, if you could. Well, uh, as you would expect, this roster is loaded. Uh, the guys that are officially on the squad that you'll get to watch starting uh, in a few days with the pre-tournament games, Gavin Brindley, Quinn Finley, and these are obviously in alphabetical order, Cutter Gauthier, Gavin Hayes, Isaac Coward, Brian Leonard, Roger McGroarty, Oliver Burke, Frank Nazar, Danny Nelson, Dave Perot, Will Smith, Jimmy Snuggerud, and Catherine. Um Again, <laughs> There were a few guys that might have expected to make this, this, uh, this forward group, but again, 
guess the obvious guy that didn't make the team is James Higgins, who is expected to be right up there in the top three draft picks in the 2025 draft. But we are talking the 2025 draft. Yeah, <laughs> that's a year and a half for two years from now. Right, we're not talking about the 2024 draft. We're talking about the 2025. Yeah, that that's a little young. I'm not saying he didn't uh, earn a spot, but that's a little young experience-wise to go into international play when you're down to a certain number of players. Again, who are you going to bump on that forward list? Nobody. There's nobody you can well, take off of. Well, again, and it also is down to what you need. Right. Right? Um, and I'm not sitting here... Uh, and I'm going by somebody who's, you know, you know, a, a guy who, you know, who's in one of the other, in, in, you know, in one of the websites who follows this stuff all the time, especially the juniors and so forth and so on. But again, who's the, what guy do you want out there to take that defensive zone draw? We know they have plenty of offensive skill. And not shockingly, the projected lines include the all Boston College line. Will Smith gave pro Ryan Leonard. Why would you not play those guys together? Right? Um, you have uh, the the uh, the other top line is expected to be Roger McGrory, Cutter Gauthier, and Jimmy Snuggerud. You're giving you're giving Ruder Ruger McGrory. You're giving him a new name. It's not Roger. It's Ruger. Oh, Ruger. I'm sorry. I misread it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ruger. Um, anyway. Sorry, Ruger. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, again, now you're talking about a line that's all played in this tournament before. Yes. Yep. Okay. So, again, there's a specific reason. Well, we, and we knew these guys were going to make the team. That was not an issue. Again, um, it does. It makes perfect sense that you would have a line of guys that have been in this tournament already. Experience yeah. matters. Yeah. Yes, it does, especially when you're playing on foreign soil. And uh, Gothenburg, okay. Sweden is definitely foreign soil. Oh, for sure. And, you know, the other six forwards, you know, we know Isaac Howard has a lot of skill, a lot of speed. Been in the program. Been there before. Been in the program. Yeah. I mean... Um, Frank Nazer, the third. Love his game. Danny Nelson, love his game. Well, one of those guys is probably going to be... The, one of those two guys is probably going to be the guy who takes those defensive zone draws. And there's going to be a couple scratches. There's no other way around it because there's too many players to fill the, the active roster, but they have to have them in case of injury or whatever. So, right. anyway, so things get underway so, for real December 26th. They go all the way to January 5th before they crown a, uh, a uh, world junior champion in Sweden. Um, and Paul mentioned there are some preliminary games. Paul, do you, uh, do you have any of that stuff as far as where they will be? Will they be on TSN or NHL Network? Or, well, and, Team USA plays a preseason, a pre-tournament game against Team Canada. That will be uh, on NHL Network at some point before the tournament, uh, according to the schedule. Um, that'll be on Christmas Eve day. Uh, even though the game will have taken place the quote night before. Uh, so I mean, you'll, you'll know the script. It's hard for me to watch a game when I know the score. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's hard unless I'm looking for something specific. It's hard to do that. Yeah, I hear it. But I probably will. Um, I have a little extra sweetener. You know, it's not like there's no Islander players in this tournament. So. <laughs> um, uh. You gotta look. For, you gotta look for other things. There's no ASU players on this team. I look forward to that day. I bet you do. One of these days. Okay, let me let me throw out a couple of things in closing. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. But uh, one Devin Levi um, made a start in Vegas, and I don't know if you've seen the clip that our own Stephen Marsh got uh, from him meeting the media after defeating the Stanley Cup champions. But uh, <laughs> it was classic. 
And, uh, you know, uh, Leo Strom, um, who, who we've had on the show multiple times and I, I know fairly well, uh, was his coach at the youth levels and is very fond of Devin. Devin also was the goaltending partner of one TJ Steppenfelter uh, at Northeastern before TJ moved on to uh, Arizona State. So I thought that was kind of fun. I'm going to play the clip tomorrow. It's about four, four minutes or something like that. But uh, really fun to hear his thoughts on Vegas, playing in that building, uh, just being in Vegas. Well, the only other thing I'll say about Vegas, and I, I they made, they made a decision at the NHL level to do the – to run the draft like the NFL does. Right. Where, you know, they have the guys that are especially the first round picks that are there. And then, you know, they do the quick little press conference at, at the draft and then go, you know, hop on a plane and go to that team. Right. Um, the NHL is going to start doing that in 2025. So for a send off, if you don't know, they're having the 2024 draft at that sphere. Yeah. <laughs> Steven's already hoping to get in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, he already wants I... me to put a request in for that. So uh, we'll definitely look at that. Um, yeah, so, that that will be probably pretty amazing. But I think you'll enjoy hearing uh, Devin Leva. If you haven't heard it, I think I put it on Instagram or somewhere. Um, I think you put it on Twitter. Uh, somewhere I put it out there. Uh, anyway, um so we have that. The other thing I heard today, which is kind of interesting, would you like to venture a guess which team has the best odds currently to get Macklin Celebrini in uh, the upcoming draft? San Jose Sharks. Who's got the best odds? Nope. Good try though. One more. Uh, one more guess. Let's see. Don't cheat and look. I'm not Don't. cheating. Why would I do that? <laughs> uh, let's see, not San Jose, Ottawa? The Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, that, 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 yeah that will, that'll go well. If the Blackhawks get Connor Bedard and Macklin Celebrini in back-to-back drafts, the hockey world will go off the charts. Am well, I correct? Unfortunately, not for the, anything to do with those two players. Right. But am I am I correct in that? People will lose their minds? Well, they lost their minds this year. I know. I understand I, why. I know. But in this case, and if you get back-to-back first-round picks with two generational-type players, um, that that's – people are going to go well, crazy. Well, that would be the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, exactly it would be. But uh, How's that work? Yeah. I'm not saying it's going to work. I'm just saying that the people will go ballistic. As long as I'm on a soapbox, I might as well get on it a little, one more time and say that that would be hogwash. Yeah, well, again, anyway. there are different reasons for that. So. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Take it away, my friend. From the NCHC.TV studios behind the Mass College Hockey West Live. So brought to you by Seasons Entertainment Resorts and Casinos Worldwide. It's where the action is in the resort or in town. Behind the mask, whether you use blades or wheels, whatever your hockey needs are, see our three valley locations or behindthemask.com. Just raise barbecue, the best in barbecue Las Vegas style at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. For the NCHC and NCHC.tv, subscribe to NCHC.tv. Catch all of the action from the toughest conference in college hockey. The tag creative group, search T Grand Rudd on redbubble.com and let us help you design that one of a kind gift for you or someone special. College Hockey Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. The Caesars Sportsbook app. Download the app where available, but please play responsibly. FedEx, simplify your business shipping with FedEx, the official package delivery company of Ice Time Hockey West. And by Liberty University, over 700 programs to study to help you impact your community on and off the ice. Strengthen your faith at our state-of-the-art campus, csliberty.edu. College Hockey West, presented by Behind the Mask. It's live every week on the Podbean app and it's available along with all of our weekly podcasts for download at your favorite podcast platform. Search ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcasts, all one word to find any of our shows. Subscribe, rate, review the shows, or tell a friend. 
to help others find the podcast, College Hockey West Live, and all of our weekly podcasts are part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. Thanks for being a guest. <laughs> oh, we do the best we can. <laughs> I don't understand it, and I'm not going to try to. It doesn't matter at this point anyway. I will tell you that we're scheduled on Tuesday night to have the one and only Peter Menino, the associate ex coach from Colorado College, doing it. If all the illness that's been going around his family, he gave me quote uh, a quote that said, it's been a war zone around here for two weeks. So hopefully everybody in the Menino household gets well and we get Peter on Tuesday night because we got to talk about Colorado College Hockey. Tomorrow night we'll be back with Coast to Coast, the College Hockey Coast to Coast podcast. And um, we'll say goodnight with little Roger Klein, the Peacemakers De Niro. Good night, everybody. Good night.